This is Pucks and Seven with Ryan Payton and Victoria Maniash. And yes, it is time for another edition of Pucks in Seven. He's got a great voice, by the way. He really oh, our does. imaging guy? Oh, our imaging just, guy is the best. Yeah, and you and I have talked at length, even not even doing this together, but you know, I don't sit there and like to listen to my voice coming back, and you're not the I'm same. I'm not a fan, no. <laughs> we don't. Oh, thanks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I don't want to listen to my own voice. Yours is fine. I know, but his, it's just, it brings you in, it gets you all uh, ready to go. Pumps Some guys have it. Yeah, he's doing amazing. Anyway, Pucks and Seven, good to have you back and good to be back with you for another week. What a week it was. And we're going to go into that, of course. Ryan Payne, Victoria Mattyash. Follow us on Twitter at RyanPayne75, at Victoria Mattyash. Also, we're on wherever you get your podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, Google, Apple, SiriusXM app, Pandora, Stitcher. This goes on and on and on. Um, quickly, just kind of some background, of course, in case people are just tuning in. You've done great work for ESPN.com. Fantasy, we'll get into fantasy, of course, later on in the show, which you do amazing work for and with, and also uh, part of a uh, Toronto news station as well in Toronto for a number of years. I do a lot of stuff with SiriusXM, and now we do this, which is uh, which is fantastic. So we're going to do uh, look to the week that was, bring down the clink hammer. This is last week we brought it down on ourselves, remember? That's right. And there were there were people that I think respected that. Because we called ourselves out. Well, we're keeping out. ourselves accountable. Right. And we had ignored the fact that Patrice Bergeron uh, scored his 1,000th point. Yeah. And yeah. We, com- we were completely remiss. Right. With not mentioning that. and uh, But we're not. We're going to leave ourselves alone this week. And we're going to drop the clink hammer on yeah. some other individuals altogether. It's going to be hard. Yeah, it's going to be one. hard. Yeah, I know. I know. And again, we, we do it with, I don't know. We're good Stop people. couching it. We're fine. No, 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 we're not. We're mean. Fine. And there's nothing we're, wrong it, with that. It's mean. It's the meanest <laughs> segment that we do. It's a mean segment. Uh, we'll look to week come to a lot of great games, intriguing matchups as we are into the month of December now, of course, um, well, a few weeks away till I guess the Christmas break for the NHL. And uh, of course, we'll get into the week that was, which we'll do now. But I got to say this. It was a nice weekend for you. It was somebody's birthday. So happy belated birthday. I know Thank I wish you. you it on the actual day. But happy birthday. And you are quite convinced that one Mitch Marner decided, well. He scored for me. <laughs> okay, just cut want, to the chase. He scored for me. Talk? He extended his uh, very yeah. super impressive point streak. He broke the Leafs record. Yes. I know some of the traditional, especially traditional Leaf fans aren't. They're less than thrilled with this, which I do not understand at all. I think records are made to be broken. There's um, there's some uh, hmm, members of the traditional generation, I'm going to call it aren't as thrilled with seeing Sittler's record and Olchek's record. As you said, records are made to be broken. They are. And that's how I feel. But I think just, I don't know, some of the older crowd, I think they like the fact they stood for a while. And this is, you know, these new young kids having their way with it. It's not a, I don't think they're huge fans. I'm I'm watching my words carefully here. (laughs) I can tell (laughs) if people can see you and how you're doing this. I am not, I am not, I'm not of that school of thought at all. I think records are meant to be broken. I think that was a really fun one to watch. And it was, it it was more fun because he scored too. It wasn't like the previous game with the empty netter and all the rest of it. This was well-earned his face, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, this team is having a lot of fun right now. Yeah. I think this is a huge bonding experience for the Leafs as well. They're all rallying around Mitch. I think Warner. it is too. I think they're really enjoying it. First of all, they're winning. All, I know they lost in overtime right. on the weekend, but they're winning which a lot we'll of hockey to, yeah, games right which now. Which we will talk about later on. Oh, the, the show. overtime problem? Yeah. Oh, my but goodness. in general, they're winning games. I yeah. think they're having a lot of fun with each other. And they were off to a little bit of a sloggy start this season. And now it all seems to be coming together. And I think that's, you know, combined purpose of helping Mitch Marner break 
this record has been, yeah. uh, you know, I think it's really spurned them on. Statistically, compared to you talked about the older um, generation. We not, know who they are. Not wanting <laughs> these records to be broken, but statistically. So Mitch Marner, eight goals, 17 assists, 25 points. And that streak began October 27th. Daryl Sittler, in case you, you know, those people that like those types of streaks still going in 78, 79, had 17 goals, 16 assists, 33 points. So he had more points. Eddie Olchek had 28 points. So the two of them had more points. I'm, I'm not making any point here with this. I just want to say statistically, the amount of points that all three of them had over this 18, 19 game stretch has been amazing. And what I love about Mitch Marner, what you, the confidence, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you it's can 19, see it in him. It doesn't matter if it's 19 games or five. The confidence in him, even on the back end, when he is defensively, his his game defensively has been it so looks, impressive. It looks different now, doesn't it? It does look different. Yeah, it does in look the, different. In the best possible way. He's yeah. strutting out there, man. He oh, really he is. is. And he, and he feels it. He knows it, right? And I remember actually the other um the other game against one of the other games they played against Detroit recently. Um, Dylan Larkin wasn't happy with him. I don't even remember that moment, but it was in the corner, and Mitch drew a penalty. But Dylan thought he he dove, he embellished. So Dylan went right over to him and grabbed his jersey while he was on the ground and looked and said something to him. Well, come on. He was livid. And I thought, just leave him alone. He's on a streak. He can get away with whatever. But the point is, is that I'm with you. The team is rallying around. And he's he's still a kid, but he, he's playing like he's a teenager kind of thing. Even like it just, just the... It looks like they're all having a bunch of fun. Yeah, yeah they're having a great time. So congrats to him. Uh, Mitch Marner and the team as well, which is doing which is doing amazing. And they have a game coming up too against a guy who's been having a pretty good. So Jason Robertson yeah. is blowing us all away sure as is. well, and yeah. he's on an 18 game. Yeah. So I know the Leafs are playing Dallas. We're going to get into that a little bit later on. But congratulations to Jason Robertson as well. He's really coming into his own. I mean, now we're having conversations about the Hart Trophy and all these other awards. That's early. That's it is. Early. It is. But it's but early. he's already part of the conversation right yes. now. And yes. he's not somebody as as great of a hockey player he has been the last couple of years. And he has been. People are like, oh, he's coming out of the woodwork. Not really. He's been pretty right. successful. But he is going absolutely next level with his scoring ability this year. And again, the Dallas stars are winning hockey games and they're looking like they're having a bunch of fun too. And it's not just the one line anymore. And I think that's helping them with their success as well. The other tie in with that is Jason's brother, Nick. That's right. And it's an interesting situation with those two because Jason's really taking off. Everybody knows it and they're all discussing him and, and worthy of it because he's having a great season. But then you have Nick just trying to stay in the lineup and sometimes I watch him play. And I think to most people who watch him, there's nothing wrong with him, and he should be in any lineup. I do agree with. He's got the speed. He's got the talent. Sure, he'll make mistakes, but give him reps. He needs reps. It's kind of like the reps in any other sport. More repetition gets the the skill set a little more out there on the ice, and the confidence growing too. So that's kind of a little side note too that uh, the two of them are going to go at it. Which the last is, couple of games, though, Ryan, he didn't look great. He really you don't didn't. think so? No, I think he's. I think uh, it's again as you said. I, I think he has to play. He's okay. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Has he been the worst player on the ice for Toronto? No. Okay, but you you hesitate. So he's been close. Well, I have to think about it for a minute. Okay. Uh, It's not. I don't want to say that. I think he's been rather invisible because he hasn't. But I think he's leaning towards invisibility. Now he's only playing thirteen minutes, so there's only so much you can do when you have such limited ice time. And he's not. You know, he's not playing on the power play. He's not participating. Well, not a lot. Right. And uh, there's only so much you can do. But I do. I'd like to see him get more minutes. I still think he's growing as a player. 
I he do too. Younger, I do too. And that's why he so. needs reps. That's why he needs reps. But he has to play against Dallas on no, Tuesday. To. He you has to. to. He scored yeah. the last time these two yeah. teams met up. Yeah. So you have to put him in the lineup for sure. And then not just because he's facing his brother, but also partially because he is. So a, a lot of streaks too. It's uh, you know, sometimes you have a week or two where players reach certain plateaus, different stuff like that. Well, Steven Stamkos, of course. Um, boy, and I talked everything about everything happened last week. Everything, everything happened last week. Steven talk- Stamkos, a thousand points, thousand points, and then Patrick Kane, uh, twelve hundred, twelve hundred. Ovechkin most road goals. Yeah, amazing. Say that again. <laughs> Three times fast. <laughs> no. Most road uh-huh. goals. That worked. That worked. <laughs> <laughs> but that's quite something. And yeah. people are like, it's a nothing stat because, you know, he's chasing Gretzky. And I'm like, I don't think it's a nothing stat. I think scoring, yeah. you, you have scored more goals on the road yeah. than anybody else. I think that's amazing. Speaking of Gretzky, we said before we oh, came right. on and did the pod, <laughs> you're like, hey, you know what the record is for consecutive <laughs> games with a point? Is Mitch close? Is he close? <laughs> Okay, he is hold not on. close. Hold on. So 51 minus 19. He is 30, uh, 32 away right. <laughs> from matching 50. And I don't think we're going to be talking about put, it in February when it's going to be that, coming up. Put that into perspective again. 51 straight. Different era. I know. I know. I always think too, and we can talk about this some other time, but it just came to me again. You put Gretzky and the debate is in any sport, do you compare eras did you know did you compare Gretzky and Lemieux back then to say Marner and McDavid and Dreisaitl this time I don't think you really can right so my point is you take Gretzky though without all the clutching and grabbing with the more open ice you take all that he did with all of that nonsense and crap that he put up with and everybody did the game has completely changed would and, and take everything he did for the years how many more points would he have got? I think he would have had more. I really do. It was a little bit more Wild West too, though, that he had yeah. protection. Fair enough. Right? So, and we don't so play he, that game anymore either. If he, if he did, yeah. But if Gretzky, actually, no, no, I can't say that. I was going to say if Gretzky was playing now, then the team he was with would probably get some sort of protection. But McDavid doesn't have a ton of protection. Matthews has no protection. It's just a different game too, though. It's a different game. Yeah, it's a different game. I was it at is. his winery yesterday. Oh, you were? Wayne Gretzky's winery, yep. Stopped in yesterday it's, and bought some whiskey, and it was he, he makes nice whiskey. It's very yummy. He does. It's fancy. This segment brought to you by, no, just kidding. <laughs> Vic had a great day. I on did. Sa- a great weekend. Um, Kane, Patrick Kane. So um, 1,200 points, and every time you talk about Patrick Kane, you talk about the American, right? The U.S. in them and all that type of stuff. Chicago, to me, we can get into that. We'll talk, talk about the Rangers in a bit, too. That was an ugly loss that they had against Chicago. Uh, a little while ago, and that to me was almost the the not say turning let's, point let's of the look season. At the Rangers in yeah. another segment because I yeah, think yeah, there's yeah. quite a bit to talk about there. And Chicago is not a good hockey team. No, not at all. They're not going to be long for having Patrick Kane and J- Jonathan Taves. There's, yeah. I don't think there's any question of that. Yeah. So it was neat to see him get the milestone when he was still a member of the Blackhawks because again, I don't think this is going to be a long-standing relationship. A neat thing too, before we talk about the Devils and the Bruins, because we can debate who's the best team between those two. I don't for know. The entire, okay. I don't know. Okay. So then we're not going to debate that. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> that's, that's easy. That's, that's good a, for me. It's a really weak take. Great for me. Who's the I best? Not sure. Let's think about it. Um, I just want to say this now. I read this and anytime you get kind of the personal side to hockey, it's a neat thing. So um, there's a six-year-old Tampa Bay Lightning fan named Trip Nugent, and he was diagnosed with a brain tumor a couple months ago in September. He was the team's honorary captain for Tampa, signed to a one-day contract. He took the morning skate with John Cooper and then received a standing ovation at Amelie Reen ahead of the game between Toronto and Tampa. This stuff, this stuff kills me. It I know, it, me. I know, I know. Kids, I, man. I, I'm with you, I'm, but I just, it just, like, it, 
it, it's good. It's moving. It, it, yeah, it's a moving thing. It's a moving thing. It's nice. Okay, so Vic, here we go again. <laughs> Who's the better team? <laughs> Boston well, or New Jersey? Um, I would say Boston is the better team on home okay. ice because okay. Boston is yes. better. They're perfect. And we were talking last week that we thought their streak at home, their perfect streak at home was going to come to an end over the weekend. Yes. We thought Colorado was going to put it yes, to bed. We did. And we are wrong. We yes. are absolutely incorrect. So we're dropping the hammer on us <laughs> yeah, early on. Right. <laughs> yeah. So just, I mean, the home record is incredible. And then you look at New Jersey, you know, Jersey, I, I didn't even realize this until I looked at this morning and I should have known they're 11 in one on the road. So now you're talking about a team that's nearly perfect. I didn't realize that. No, you don't. You don't think about it. And so they've lost once on the road. Wow. Boston is perfect at home. And now you just want those two teams to play each other home and away now and see who comes out on top. I'm going to say I think Boston is a stronger team. They have more experience. Those yeah. top two lines. But I do, I believe in the Devils now. I don't know I would have said that a couple of weeks ago. And you know what? You didn't say that. Because we talked at one point on the on this, we I, we were talking about the Devils. Can they sustain it? Now, not of course sustain this huge. I don't think it's it's sustainable. Oh, they're not going to be this good for the entire right, season. But, but we I were, don't think they're going to crumple. Yeah, but we either. were talking about if they're a playoff team already, and you had a bit of hesitation mm. with that. So maybe things are changing. I mean, they I have the numbers already. They have forty one yeah. points. Uh, how can I say they're not going to make the playoffs? They play 500 hockey from or, here on in. They're going to make the playoffs. To, to me, it's a slam dunk they're in. It's a slam dunk. Back to what you said about Boston and how they have, um, you know, more of the more of the veterans on the team and, and all Getting that Getting David Krejci back was oh just my so key. Yeah. It's so key. I and wanna, they're buying into what the coach is, is preaching, obviously. Thank you. And they're goaltending, even with Jeremy Swayman now, who missed some time due to injury. Yep. We all had everybody, everybody's talking about Linus Olmark is going to win the Vesna. Right. And it, now Jeremy Swayman comes out and he puts in impressive performances as well. Their tandem team in net is the best in, in the league right now. I, I think that's without question. I was questioning on the weekend on my show if Allmark's numbers are inflated because of the team he plays behind. You put him. Yeah, but who cares though? Right. But my point was, do you put him on another team that's not as good? It, does he look as good? Is he is he as good as a goalie as the numbers are suggesting? But to your point, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It now doesn't we're getting matter. into goals above expected and all that, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't matter, especially in, in my fantasy circles. People are like, oh, he's you know his numbers are so great because the team is awesome. So okay, right. yeah. Right? What, so what? what difference does it make? Moving on. Right. Moving on. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the coach. Anytime you get a team like Boston who is playing extraordinary hockey, forget about Jer Jersey, you know, Lindy Ruff, you know, fire Lindy. No, those idiots. And all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's, uh, I keep him around and all that stuff. So that was a, that was bad on the devils. Sorry, Lindy. Yeah. Oops. Sorry, Lindy. <laughs> but Jim Montgomery has come in. I'm rooting for this guy so hard. Bruce Cassidy, of course, was with Boston. He went to Vegas. Jim Montgomery comes in. You, you take a different style of coaching into a new team. That's one thing. You take his style of coaching into a team that you know is good. I mean, Boston's been good for a long time. So how much credit do we give here? Jim Montgomery has changed, I think, the way Boston has played. I think it's more open. Uh, Cassidy, very, very it's focused on defense. a lot more running down for sure. Cass the, especially yeah. on the blue line. The right. defensemen are pitching in so much right. more now on scoring opportunities and rushes and all the rest of it. Yeah, they look and, different. And so that's that's a big, you know, hats, hats off to him. Hats off to him because people can go into that situation and think Boston's a relatively easy team to coach because they have a lot of superstars. But Jim Montgomery is not, he, he's brought his own 
thoughts and rhythm and whatever it is. And I think the players team. wanted that too. I don't think it's any big secret that the relationship with Bruce Cassidy was oh, pretty much done. It was right? toxic. It was toxic. And they had had enough. So any new, any new voice that's coming into that dressing room is going to be welcome because it's new. So I think it's a perfect marriage right now. It's all working out. There's not, you can't criticize any element of that team. And uh, they're going to be, they're, they're ones to watch throughout the season. So Jersey versus Boston, Ryan, I don't know. I think they're different, but I think Boston has the slight edge. There you go. There's an opinion. (laughs) (laughs) So, so that took what? So you went from not sure to, okay, they have the slight edge. This is a fluid, organic podcast. Yes, exactly. It sure is. Especially after this past weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll say this devils and the Bruins going into uh, a time of this podcast right now. They're the top two teams in the NHL, combined 81 points, and their record, this is astonishing, uh, 47 and 1. That is not 47, 40 7 mm-hmm. and 1. And you mentioned uh, the 11 and 1 record the Devils have on the road in Boston 14 and 0 at home. And Boston, too, we're going to get into the week to come as well. Can this continue? Can this home streak continue? I'd love to see it happen. I really would. Stay tuned to the. Uh- yep. To, to stay tuned. We have that coming up in our final segment. We sure do. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll look back again to some of the other great storylines from the week that was. Uh, Patrick Laine, uh, welcome home. Great stuff. Roman Yossi, we'll talk about him. Brock Besser, things of Vancouver. Also dive a bit into the Rangers as well. The Capitals, Moreno, Vegkin, all that stuff. Uh, drop the clink hammer. Don't forget, that's coming up in just a little bit. Ryan Pinn, Victoria Matiash, Pucks and Seven. We will be there. Welcome back to Pucks and Seven with Ryan Payton and Victoria Matiash. I think I may have said this at some point in the first few podcasts that we're going to take all the things we talk about between the breaks or in the breaks and we'll just put them all together and make some sort of our show and just kind of hear what we talk about and things we do and all that stuff. Anyway, it's fun. I love the I love the breaks. The breaks are good. Um, but of course, the the show is the show is where we're at. You always going to have the breaks. Welcome back, uh, Pucks and Seven, Ryan Payne, Victoria Matiash. Uh, follow us wherever you get your podcasts: Amazon, Spotify, Google, Apple, SiriusXM app as well, Pandora, Stitcher, etc. And um, we're going to continue into the week that was. We'll drop the Twitter still hammer. lives too. Twitter still Twitter. lives. That's right. And that's we're right. both I on forgot there. that. Um, go ahead. Every day you, I check you tell make the sure, see if it's still alive or not. <laughs> it is. At Ryan Payton 75 at Victoria Maddie Ash. We'll talk a bit more about the week that was. Uh, next segment, bring down the clink hammer. And we're going to bring it down really hard. See, I'm, there's nothing nice about that. I'm dropping it. And I said to you, I think when I sent you a note a couple days ago, I'm like, okay, this is here. This is, this is part of the clink hammer segment and I'm coming down hard on them. So how about that? We're for really me? frustrated how about one, that for with being one mean? individual. How there about that for me being mean? There you go. I have it in me. Nice uh, tease. I, oh, thanks. <laughs> Week to come later on. And also Vic's fantasy segment too. homecomings. They're always fun, especially if they turn out well, one did, one didn't. This so week. last week, yeah. Patrick Liney visited Winnipeg for the first time this season. And did he ever? And I, I, it, I'm not a huge wagering person, mm-hmm. but if I was to be one, I would have laid down a nice chunk of change yes. on Patrick Liney scoring against his old team in Winnipeg, and he did. Yeah. Then there was the other one, which surprised me, because I probably would have bet on this too, and I would have lost, yeah. and that was Matthew Kachuk's return. And we talked about that last we week. We thought that he was going yeah. to go bananas. Yeah. I wrote about him. 
potentially going bananas. And he didn't. He visited Calgary and he really fizzled out. And that wasn't a result I was expecting, especially from him in particular. He's such a feisty young man. He's, um, he, he plays with an edge. I think that's what teams appreciate about Matthew Kachuk. And he really did fall flat. So, you know what? Congrats to Patrick Laine for making the most of an opportunity and revisiting his home or his old home, I should say, as a member now of the Columbus Blue Jackets because they won that game. And, and, but the Florida, he really fell flat. Kachuk really fell flat visiting with his new Panther teammates back in Calgary. And I wasn't anticipating that at all. Speaking of the Kachuks, Brady's having a pretty good run. (laughs) I honestly, I just started watching it, him particularly more closely like the last week or so yeah, likewise he is having a heck yeah. of a season yeah, Ottawa is. is in general too though they're they're a fun hockey team you think they're sneaky i don't know i okay. don't know yet but you okay. know what let's look at that next week because there's right. a couple games i'm going to pay attention to this week that they're involved in in particular and i think they are on the upswing and i think they're having a and, good time and you know what they can do they can be sneaky when you play them so maybe forget about you know the game 82 and looking at april all that stuff that that's well i highly doubt they're going to make it in but they're competitive and they're they going to they're yeah. going to give you a tough time. Brady anyway, Brady Kachuk just lately has been has been phenomenal. I'm with you with Matthew. I I don't know. I, I don't know That what, was a strange result for me. I was, was expecting was, a lot more. It was and Patrick Line, good for him. Uh, shave the head too. I think it looks great when he's uh, he does all that different. He's a funny kind of duck, stuff. eh? He is I like funny. him. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I do too and he's one of those players that um I think he he keeps things to himself, but he expresses himself it's going to be hard to uh, explain. He expresses himself in quiet ways, but they're expressive, if that makes sense. So he doesn't and have to And very cut. loud outfits. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, very <laughs> loud outfits. What do you think I love it. The, by the way, what fashion, you're fine with all this? I like, think it's fun. You think it's fun? Sports is entertainment. Okay. And fashion is entertainment. And fashion, fashion is, is part, part of, of entertainment. It. It it's is. theater. So it is. I love it. I love it when the players express themselves and tell us a little bit about who they are, whether it's through their outfits or in interesting, engaging interviews. We don't get enough of that. I will say this too about Winnipeg. Um, you know, we don't need to talk about Florida, Calgary, all these other teams, Kachuk and yada, yada, yada. But Winnipeg, 31 points, second in the central. And they've really turned it around. I, they really have. I remember when Paul Maurice left, I knew, you know, he didn't want to be there anymore because he thought he wasn't the right type of person for the team. Got a pretty good gig down south, of course, in Florida. And then Rick Bonus comes in, who's 105. You think, okay, is he going to do hear anything? him the other day, though? Which okay, when? so he hammered Winnipeg ended up winning the game. This is on the weekend, yeah. But they got off to a super slow start, and they had to come from behind to to win it eventually. And Connor Hellebuck was his Hellebucky best, and that's what helped as well. Sorry, <laughs> you heard me. <laughs> anyway, his, he was his Hellebucky best. And after the after the game, in the post game comments, Rick Bonus is talking, and he's ripping his team like you wouldn't have thought they had won right, this game, right? And he was just hammering them for the slow start, which they somewhat deserved. They do. They did. But I was surprised at how long he talked about it. Mm. And just he was not. I don't think he's a terribly happy man a lot of the time. No, I don't think so. Or at either. least that's the impression he gives you. And he was just going on and on about how his team stunk and they have to be much better and quicker off. And and they won the game. It was yep. just. It surprised me. He's. A, I think he's a tough cookie. And I think that's good for a team like Winnipeg to a degree. You look, yes, to a degree. Look what happened in the off season. You know, the cap- I still think the captaincy thing is weird. I'm sorry. I can't get my head around that. It makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. And it's good on. And, it's a gut punch, man. And good on Blake Wheeler 
for sucking it up. Yeah. Because, uh, I'd be ticked. Good on Mark Shifley for kind of figuring things out. Cause that was a, that was an interesting off season. And toward the end of last season, there was discussions that things weren't good in the room and Shifley going off on teammates, all that type of stuff. And now after that slow start and two, the three of them give bonus credit, Shifley Wheeler and Cole Perfetti on the same line. And that looks pretty good lately. And you're a big Cole Perfetti. I'm fan. a huge, I'm you're a, a huge, huge Perfetti Cole. fan. If it wasn't from what Matty Beneers is doing in Seattle, oh, yeah. he Hands would down. be my he Easy. would be my favorite for the Easy. for the Calder. The last five games with Winnipeg, one loss, four to one to Columbus, but they have a five two win, a five nothing win, a seven two win, and a five four win. Nothing wrong with that. Doesn't matter if it comes against Chicago. That seven it doesn't matter. Wins a win, and they're putting up points, which I think is is pretty good. Um, concern in Pittsburgh for Chris Letang. He this is the second stroke that he has suffered. Back in 2014 was the first one, I believe, and you know, hopefully it hasn't had any more that we don't know of. Uh, according to the Penguins, this is not as bad as the one that was from good 2014, which is good. But even when I heard that, Vic, it, it struck me as... Are we calling it a day? I mean, I know this is not something for you and I to decide. No, 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 it's not. So I, I've thought about this and I put, I, I you know, you, you try to put yourself in, in people's positions and in that spot. He's been a penguin. He's been a great defenseman, one of the better defensemen we've seen in a long time. Um, he's been great in the community. His life has been hockey. His life has been the penguins. He has a family as well. I would be terrified. Even after the 2014 one, I would be very scared to keep playing. This isn't a broken wrist. No. Okay. This is this is a life and death situation. Right. And he does have a young family. This is the way that I, I if I'm him, I'm packing it in. You're okay? done. Okay. If if I'm a, if I'm one of his loved ones, if I'm his spouse, his sister, his mom, somebody in his life, I'm asking him to pack it in. First of all, he's 35 years old, uh -huh. so you're not asking a young kid to hang up their skates and shelve their dream here. Right. He's won his cups. He's been a one team guy his whole life. Again, 35 years old, has a young family. There's more to life. He's been awesome, but he's also accomplished it already. He's not chasing his first cup. So I just think it's a different, you got to look so, at your kids. You got to look at your spouse. So you're saying, I mean, th there's nothing more that he needs to do in hockey. What? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the answer. Now he has he, five years left on his contract, which yeah. blows my mind considering he is 35 years old. So this, yeah. this contract obviously lasts into his, into his forties, but I don't know. It's he's accomplished so much. He's one of, you know, the last couple of decades, one of the best defenders in the game. Yeah. He's been incredible for so long. And I think, I think we're good now. I it, just, I think we're good. It is with him and, and we're never, you know, anyone can't, tell anybody what to do uh he's doing light workouts he's back on the ice doing light workouts here's my thing and mm. i don't want to be morbid but what if something happens during a game while he's playing you think about that and we've seen incidents over time where conditions do happen like that to nhl players any sports so i'm with you it's a tough decision but that's too and if I was a member of his family, I would ask him to seriously think yeah, about know, calling it a day yeah, now, but we're not doctors. If a doctor clears him and say, we're going to put you on these blood thinners and that's you're going to be fine. But honestly, that's too, uh, anyway, you see if, and again, I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. It's easy for us to say, Hey, if you know, that's fine. The doctor says, go ahead. Plus when you're so passionate about the game, it's tough. This is a tough place for him to be in, let alone the penguins. Doesn't matter. This is about him as an individual looking forward to life after hockey. And if it means sooner than later, well, then you have to make that choice. But again, you know, Chris, we just want you to feel better. At the, at the, at the end of the day, health is the most important thing. What's going on in Vancouver? You and I have talked about 
the Vancouver Canucks, um, and we've not been positive about them. I don't think anybody has from the off season, the training camp to the beginning of the season to even now, now Brock Besser and his team, not the Canucks, his agent, the people around him, they've been given permission to talk to other teams about possible trades. What is happening? This team is in disaster mode and it's not getting any better. The other night, they almost scratched him on hockey. That was really bizarre. Hockey fight cancer. And you know, (sighs) you know, that's not a Bruce Boudreaux move. You know, this is coming from somewhere else and it's coming from above. And I just, it sounds to me like the relationship is broken. I'd be interested to see what they get in return. He he has a, he's a reasonable contract. I think it's six mil. Can I just say this about Boudreaux? This, and I'll say this, uh, he said after that he had already chosen to scratch him because Bruce Boudreaux did not know that it was Hockey Fights Cancer Night in Vancouver when he made the decision. So Interesting. What, so what do we make of that? How do you not know? That's my point. How can you not know that? Is there a, there's a build up to this. There's a lead up to this. You don't think Brock's been asked days before with what happened, of course, with his family? On on a on a personal level with his dad, etc. So okay, but let me okay, but let me ask you this: If it came from above, would Bruce Boudreaux admit to that? I'm just following management management's orders. He can't say that. He can't say that he's not running the team. No, right. So even if it did come from somebody else, he can't he can't tell us. No, we can't. So at the end of the day, they they if 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 they're exploring this trade, then you do something quick. If they're exploring it, they have to do it. Yeah, like this, we can't be you having can't this conversation this. in March. No, we no, cannot. You can't. You can't. And I think they need to trade him to an, a team in the East just to make it a little bit easier. You don't want to trade him to a divisional no. rival. No. But if Vancouver still thinks that they have a shot here, and I'm not so sure they do, but I think they think they still do. How can they think that they have a shot? How can they? How can this team think that they have a shot? Well, I mean, first of all, the Pacific is the easiest division in hockey. It's not, it's, okay. it's at least competitive. So based on that, then I think I that's cannot, what you've got okay. Calgary above you. They're not playing great. You got Edmonton above you. LA struggling a little bit. And then right. all of a sudden you're third, right? You're third in the Pacific. So I think that's why they think they still have an opportunity. If Calgary and Edmonton were playing better then probably. And not. I think they're going to start by the way. I you think do. they are going to start playing better. Because I think both those, of those teams are going to start. Playing those better. teams have been underachieving. Jacob Markstrom saying he sucks. Uh, Jack Campbell, so bad for him. You Jack don't. Campbell saying that he's terrible. <laughs> I mean, when you have these number one goaltenders, which which you know your last line of defense calling themselves out, like the self flogging happening out in the, in the West <laughs> is pretty severe. It's awful. It is awful. And also, too, uh, okay, Thatcher Demko with the injury. Yeah, that's a big one. If Vancouver Spence, still thinks Spencer they can, Martin's team now, we got to see what he's what he does with it, right? And Demko's been terrible. He's been awful. That's that's the thing. People were talking about last couple of days. Oh no, how are they going to manage without right. Demko? And I don't want to be mean, but I'm like, they didn't manage you well with mean. them. So let's let's try something else here. Yeah, he's struggling this year. There's something going on with him as well. We're going to get into uh, the Rangers in the next segment because there was a couple of things that happened this week. The Jacob Truba thing against Chicago and all that type of stuff. We talked a little bit too about the Capitals with Alex Ovechkin reaching milestones, etc., and he's closing in too on 800. He's almost at 800 goals. So I think he's a few away, something like that. Anyway, he'll get it. I'm going to say he's going to get it before the Christmas break because I assume they'll have, I don't how know, many, seven, How many does he need? I think six or seven. He's close. I think he's 794 right now, I, I believe. Something like that. I should probably yeah, check like that him. up as I, we're, I like as we're I like doing him to get right that now. before the Christmas break. Yeah, look it up. I think so because they'll probably have what? I would assume we're seven, eight. 
games, perhaps nine games left to go until until I think the, we're looking un, at nine until games the Christmas or so. break, until the uh, un, un, until the break. Yeah, so he's at seven ninety three, so seven away, seven away, and he's gonna. Well, I don't know. He'll have to Ooh, go maybe one in each. Now. Yeah, he'll have to go one in each. Anyway, the point of all this is that the Capitals, um, they the GM is now coming out saying that. They they can't make mistakes anymore. This team cannot be losing anymore. They need to be consistently winning, and there is a sense of urgency with that team. Now I know there's been injuries with the club, but you can't oh, be okay, one Tom your Wilson head. away you're from having your head a saying, winning record. They have okay. won three games on the road. Yeah, three. You yeah. have to be a lot better than that to be competitive. You can't win three games on the road, and it's not just one Tom Wilson away or even one Backstrom away. Right. There's something uh, they're old, they're beat up. It's not quite working out. The goaltending isn't what it's needed to be. It's uh, Ovechkin's doing well. The rest of them, everybody but just seems it. like they're they're ca- they're trying to catch yeah. up to him. And you're not going to win anything. And you're also too. The Devils aren't going to go away. The Canes, they're gonna, you know, they're they're gonna be there in the end. The Islanders, probably. The Penguins. I think we talked about this too before. We one of the first shows we did about the Penguins and the Capitals. Who, who's the older of the two teams? They're both the oldest teams in the league, but the Capitals probably playing as the older of the two, outside of the Penguins. The Penguins, I think, still have. And a the li- Penguins are getting the, much better goaltending now yeah, too. Yep. Yeah. So they're still they're still in that small window. I know the Penguins' window from what it was years ago is a lot smaller than it was years ago because everything else is happening in that division and the NHL. But the Capitals, I'm with you. Uh, you're two games under 500, 24 points. You're a minus 12 as well. You're a minus 12. You should be better than that. Anyway, McClellan said, look, we're urgent here and we need to figure things out, but we shall see. Uh, we need to bring down the clink hammer. I think I'm ready to do that. Yeah, I'm getting all fired up. First two segments. We're going to do that after this. And then later on, we'll uh, look at the week to come in Vic's Fantasy 7 as well at the end of the show. Hucks and 7, Ryan Payton, Victoria Matiash. We'll be back. Welcome back to Pucks and 7 with Ryan Payton and Victoria Matiash. This is Pucks and 7, Ryan Payne, Victoria Matiash. We continue on the podcast. We're available, by the way, wherever you get your podcasts Amazon, Spotify, Google, Apple, also on the SiriusXM app. Follow us on Twitter at RyanPayne75 and at Victoria Matiash. Coming up next, we'll look into the week to come in Vic's Fantasy 7 segment as well to conclude the show. But now, drum roll, please. You're looking at me. <laughs> no drum oh, did roll. Did you want me to actually no, make one? I, I just wanted to see the reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Without further ado. Time now to drop the clink hammer. All right. So this is in honor. By the way, that was very good. This is in honor of Robert Clinkhammer. Used to play in the NHL. Played a number of years recently in the KHL. And this is where we, we, we just... We go at people. We're calling people people out. We go at people. We go at people, coaches, uh, teams, fans, doesn't matter. We go at them. We call them out. If we think that they should be called out, then that is what we do on the show. We're holding them accountable. We are. We're doing. So I told you, and I sent you, I talked about this already in the show, and I sent you a note that I was livid with, um, I'm going to bring it down right now, on somebody who is Jack Edwards, commentator for the Boston Bruins, been around a while. And Jack Edwards has been known to say a number of things which do not sit and off have color. not sit well. He's yes, off color. With, with many people. And it doesn't matter what age. I'm going to give you just a couple of examples before we get to the latest. You probably remember this one. Remember when Jack Edwards, when Roman Polak was hurt, and Roman Polak was taken off the ice on a stretcher, 
and this was this was a, a few years ago. Jack Edwards said, "That's bad hockey karma." Anybody who gets taken off on a stretcher, I don't care what you think of it, you should think that's dangerous and that's awful. And is that individual, male, female, okay? You don't say bad hockey karma. The reason why he said that was because Roma Polak does certain things to certain players, all that type of stuff. There was also so another. Actually note, suggest that he deserved it. Right. To, yeah. It's absurd. It's absurd. There was another moment, and there's been a whole bunch, but I don't want to spend the whole time in this because I'll lose my mind. Uh, another example was there was an injury to and- Andrei Svechnikov. Uh, this was, again, years ago. I remember this one. You remember this one. So Jack Edwards tweeted this. He said what the television channel did not show yet regarding the unfortunate injury to Svechnikov. Carolina wing playing hobby horse, riding Chara on the back apron of the goal. You poke the bear, you take your chances. Nobody wanted to see him hurt, but he bit off more than he could chew. I think that's inappropriate. So now the latest one is he calls out Patrick Maroon because of, and this was the game the other night between Boston and Tampa. And uh, Andy Brickley, the color commentator, said the weight is ab- about about um, about Maroon's weight. Edwards said, I've he's got a, a feeling. Guy. Yeah, he's 238 pounds. He was listed as that on day one in train camp. So the backstory of this is important. He said, I've got a feeling he's had a few more pizzas between then and now. Andy Brickley, the color commentator, said before the pregame meal, Edwards said fasting for Maroon is like four hours without a meal. Patrick Maroon responded, donating $2,000 to Tampa Bay Thrives, a nonprofit assisting those struggling with mental health and substance abuse issues. I think this is disgusting. I really do. If Jack Edwards does not know in this day and age that body shaming is a bad idea. Then he's got a that real it's issue. Harmful? Then he's because, got a real okay, issue. Let's, okay. First of all, it wasn't clever. No. What he was saying wasn't entertaining. No. It wasn't funny. No. There was none of that. Patrick Maroon is going to be fine. He's a confident guy. Yes. He's right. not going to take any real personal that's offense not the to thing this. Yeah. That's, that's not, he's won his cups. We're not worried about Patrick Maroon at all. Yeah. We're worried about the kids, the teenagers, or even adults who have issues with body image may have an eating disorder what have you who are sitting on the couch and watching and listening to this and for some reason body shaming is still fine this is what the implication was and it was awful and what pat maroon did with it and then ran with it to raise some funds for uh, mental health was awesome two thumbs up to him but we never should have been at that point in the first place edwards tried to after i don't know if he was trying to you know what to be honest with you i don't think he realizes what he says is even wrong Things that he said over the years, I think people should, if you say those things, if you think about them, you need to think twice before you say it, but I don't think he does. He is one of the biggest homers in in the NHL, and I understand that there's a lot of commentators in hockey that obviously you cheer for your team. That's the team you call. That's the team much. you love. No, but I think it's too much with him. I really think it's too much, and the, the things that he has done over the years are disgusting. And in part of this, what he said was, after he said these comments, he said, hey, three cups in a row, who can argue with that formula? Don't try to save yourself. So he yourself. tried to save himself Don't a try bit. to save yourself. You realize then- Your face is a, getting red. Maybe, oh, <laughs> I need a drink of water. Um, you think that when he said that, did he realize that maybe I shouldn't have said, no. There's no reason- that I think he just lives in a different world. It's unbelievable. He's, Vic, he's, it's, six, it's, he's, he's 65 years old, and honestly, he talks- like somebody who I would no, I imagine know. is 108. Yeah. He's just, because 65 is not old. You you know what's going on. It's it, not old at all. And he sounds a lot older than that. It's absolutely inappropriate. 
It really is. And but yay, but Pat Maroon. Uh, fantastic. You know what? Cap. And, I, and I saw a comment too. We don't need to talk more about this because anybody who's going through this body shaming thing in their life, you know, certainly you can do it. Uh, you know, whoever, someone may be listening to this right now thinking that you're fine. You're like, just, you are. just get through it. But there were some comments after on Twitter that came out, people who were dealing with this saying, shame on him. This is what I go through. That's what I eat. This is what I do. And now I get, so it's a disaster. And this, grow up, you know, grow up. You got to figure it out. But you know what? To me, it's too late. It's too late for him to figure it out. You want him gone? It's just enough, enough, enough. Get with, and it's not even getting with the, the times of 2022. I know so many Bruins fans who don't, who aren't big fans of his. So that's, and for somebody to have somebody who does your, your play by play and is such a homer, as you pointed out, and your own fans aren't a huge fan of yours. I think that's what does that tell you? Volumes. What does it tell you? All right, moving on. Yes. A lighter fare. Why, <laughs> Brian, why can't the Maple Leafs win in overtime? Because they're too predictable. <laughs> because I had this discussion on the weekend and one of the, the, the discussion I had, the one side said, but aren't all teams predictable in overtime? I said, explain that. Well, you've got three on three. So you probably have two of your best forwards. And if you have a oh, really great defense. Oh, for background, the Maple Leafs can't win in overtime. Okay. Right, I think right, we're right. just yes. making that obvious. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So part of this, we just make things up with no context. No. So they said, okay, well, you have you know two out, maybe one great defensive or put three forwards, whatever you want. You know that when you get the puck, you'll, you'll, you'll take it back and you'll try to set it up. I said, fine. But the Leafs do this pretty much every overtime. If they start with Matthews and Marner, which more than likely they do. And they should. And they should. That's what I'm saying. You, Edmonton goes dry sidle McDavid, Vegas with Eichel. And You're putting whoever. your best skilled right. players out there three on three. There's you have no so question of that. No, you have so much ice, but it's so predictable. So the other night, Toronto lost again in overtime. It was a very entertaining game against him. It was actually. Yeah. yeah. Very good game. They lost again in overtime and they won the draw. Mitch Marner went into the kind of the right side on the right boards kind of thing, not deep into the zone. Matthews got the puck and then Matthews gave it away. The games that they have lost in overtime, that is what happens. They take the puck into their, into the offensive zone. They do one extra pass. One extra pass, and then the team comes the other way. That one lasted, what, 30-plus seconds, I think? Cologne scored for Tampa. It's obvious what they're going to do. Teams know what they're going to do. You need to shake it up, and it's pretty simple. If I'm Matthews or if I'm Marner, and I have speed like that, I don't care. I'm not passing. I'm going to take the puck, and I'm going to try to go through the one defenseman or forward on the blue line who lined up at the faceoff. If I get the draw, I'm going to take it at them. I'm going to go wide. Well, hopefully get it as deep as you can. listening to the segment, and he's going to incorporate it in practice. Ahead it's of not the... hard, Vic. It's not hard. It's, it's funny because with those two players who are two of the best players in the league, I think skill-wise, that there's no question of that. Right. Those are the guys you want on the ice in overtime, and their success rate should be so much higher. It should be. And I was thinking, too, before overtime started, whoever Tampa would put out, whether it was Kucherov and Hedman, it doesn't matter. They're a good team. They can put anybody out. I, I thought, okay, watch it. It's going to happen. They're going to give it away. They did. And now, Matt Murray should have saved that shot. It was, uh, he admitted that, whatever. But anyway, my point is, three-on-three -three hockey should be the easiest thing to teach. If you got, you got six of the best players on the ice from both those teams. All the room in the figure world. Figure it out. Figure it out. I think this is one of those things, though. We're going to have a different conversation a couple months from now. I think this is one of those things that works itself out. Because this is not a difficult thing to solve. You have the talent in play and they're just going to make some adjustments. And I think they're going to improve on this record significantly. What adjustments have to be made? 
well, I mean, you just outlined all of it. Yeah. Don't, don't be too, how do I put it? Don't be too fancy. Don't be too pretty. Don't be too fancy. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Um, next. What's wrong with the Rangers, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> well, Vic, I'm losing my voice with this segment. Anyway, there's a lot happening. And the other night was, and I feel for this team. Also, too, maybe next week we can talk about this. What is what is a what constitutes a hit in the NHL, a clean hit where the opposition's not going to come at you and try to rip your head off? Does that even exist anymore? I'm not talking about a clean hit where you're not suspended or penalized. I'm talking about a hit in hockey that the other team would look at and think there was nothing wrong with that. This was a good, clean hit. The whole team's not going to come and jump And retribution is not warranted at all. Right. That's what I'm saying. That doesn't exist anymore. Case in point, the other night, now there was debate, Jacob Truba, Andreas Athanasiu, but people have to realize Jacob Truba's a big boy. So if his shoulder hits somebody in the head- he's a big head, banging boy too. He exactly. He the body around a lot. He really does. And so the other night he did that and uh, got penalized. Everybody went to Patrick Kane was in there, all that type of stuff. And the Rangers have not been playing well. And then when he was leaving the ice, he looked at the Ranger bench. Truba took his helmet and he threw it toward the Ranger bench on the ice toward the boards. What does that tell you? He is ticked off with the team. They're frustrated. And, and that to me was, can you guys wake up? I'm trying to do something. I, if I'm hitting whatever it is, I can't do this by myself. And so to a man, the Rangers have to look at that and they have to think we're better than this. Let's figure it out. If one guy is sacrificing and doing all that stuff for us, the rest of the team has to do it. So I'm bringing it down the clink hammer on the Rangers, everybody except for Jacob Truba. People listening to this will probably think, well, you got to bring it down on Truba because the, the hit was high, all that stuff. I'm not. I'm not going to talk about that. But also they're not scoring. No, they're not. They're not. I mean, Zibanejad is doing his bit. Yes. Panarin, but Panarin I think is a minus nine. So that's indicative that that's, you should not have that negative integer when you're scoring as much as Panarin is. But beyond that, the kids, Capocacco isn't becoming what we thought he was going to be. Lafreniere isn't becoming what we were hoping he was And he never will be. You don't think so, eh? He never will be. But you know, my biggest disappointment is uh, Filipino. He's my my biggest disappointment. I was expecting him to really erupt because we've seen glimpses of it in the past. Remember when the kid line was firing? Was it last season or whenever it was? And we're like, finally, there they are. Here are these youngsters who are full of all this talent. They're actually producing now. And it doesn't all have to be Chris Kreider. It doesn't all have to be Artemi Panarin. It's depth. And it's done now. Yeah. They're they're doing nothing. And you know what this you have is? One of, sorry, last thing. They have one of, of the best goaltenders on the planet. I was going to mention They have Shostorkin. one of the best defensive cores uh, in the league, I would say. So what? You got to start scoring, man. Like since November 12th, I had it up earlier, but they're well below three goals a game oh. when everybody else is just firing on all cylinders right now. So the Rangers, they're my, they're my biggest surprise in the East, I would say right now. Negative surprise. I mean, the Jersey, New Jersey Devils are my biggest surprise in general. Well, but I thought the Rangers, I thought the Rangers and Carolina were the cream of the metropolitan crop going in. And I think most people did. A uh, quick question. You said Edmonton and Calgary will figure it out. Will the Rangers I don't figure know. it out? I don't know. Because now looking at those three kids who need to be so much better, I don't I don't know. I have a lot more faith in Calgary, number one. I think uh-huh. Calgary's really going to figure it out. Okay. I think Edmonton, they still need to figure out how to replace or how to substitute somebody in for Evander Kane. If they can solve that problem, I think Edmonton's going to oh. be better. Because they have two of the best players on the planet. Right. I, but the Rangers, I don't know. I'm really surprised by how much they're struggling. I really am. 27 points going into Monday. They can't put it home. 
No, they can't. They, they, this is four, six, and one four. of the most intimidating buildings yeah. in the league. Yeah. And they can't win at home. Yeah. Four, six, and four. In what, 14? Yeah, four, six, and That's four in awful. 14 games. It's terrible. Four wins. Four wins in 14 games. Um, Capitals are behind them. Penguins in front. Isles, Canes, Devils. I'm with you with the Canes. I certainly did think that that team would be, as you said, the cream of the crop in that division. Um, they're fine. And if it wasn't for the Devils at 41 points, Carolina would be in first if you say you took 10 points off the Devils uh, in that division right now. But that's not going to happen. <sighs> wow. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I'm absolutely. I was going to say it exactly at the same time as you. I'm exhausted too. We we need to take a break. We do. Okay. So uh, bring down the clink hammer, uh, and we'll do it again next week. Can't wait. I'm going to get some uh, get some water in the uh, on the vocal cords for sure. Okay. Coming up next after the break, we'll look to the week to come and fix fantasy seven segment as well. Pucks and seven. Tori Matias, Brian Payton. We'll be back. Welcome back to Pucks and Seven. With Ryan Payton and Victoria Matiash. He is Ryan Payton. I am Victoria Matiash. This is Pucks and Seven, where we look at what happened the seven days before now, and then we look ahead to the seven days that we're facing. Covering 14 in one show. I guess. 14 days. So should we have called it Pucks and 14? No, I don't think <laughs> no. so. I think Pucks and 7 makes <laughs> more sense. Pucks and 14 sure. would go, oh my gosh, that's too long. <laughs> <laughs> so we are at the point of our show right now where we're looking at the week to come. Some of the matchups that are sexy for one reason or another and why. And we're going to start Monday. The Vegas Golden Knights yep. are visiting the Boston Bruins. Why do we care about this game? Well, two reasons. Number one is can Boston make it 15 straight at home? Absolutely. Against one of the better teams in the league. Right. We haven't talked about Vegas a lot recently. No, we haven't. They're just quietly winning hockey games. We haven't. And we said that Colorado would have been the team that would have stopped the streak. And I was going to say Vegas when we did this last week. I was going to say Vegas, but I just thought Colorado would have done it, but they didn't. So they're going for 15 straight. And of course, it's uh, Bruce Cassidy with the facing his old team, returning to Boston, all that type of stuff. And I'm glad you mentioned Vegas because we have been, uh, we, we've talked about Vegas a good amount, I think. But first couple of weeks they, of the season, we didn't, we couldn't shut up about them. But since then, yeah, well, because I, yeah, I said, well, you said Logan Thompson was a terrible <laughs> goaltender and he okay. wasn't going to win any games. You don't have to revisit then- the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to generalize what happened. Okay. Anyway, carry and on. They, uh, but they are. They are the cream of the Pacific crop. Yeah. What also is very interesting, they're 11-2-1 on the road. So now you're taking one of the best right. road teams best home in team. the league against yeah. the best home team. Bruce Cassidy's coming home to you know play, play the team that really had had enough of him. So we'll see how that, how either side is, both sides are going to be motivated in this one. One, the team wants to stick it to their ex-coach, and then that guy's new team wants to stick it to his, their coaches. I'm illustrating this really poorly, but they're both going to right. be two motivated sides for, for right. very, very similar reasons. And there's going to be a lot of questions going into the game on, about Cassidy and about the whole thing. Oh, you lost the room. You know, you happy to be back. There was some discussion. There's going to be a lot of stuff. talk ahead of this game. A lot of talk, that, a lot yeah. of talk. And but, maybe no Jack Eichel, which I think is unfortunate because I'd rather right. see both teams firing on all cylinders and get the best yeah, yeah. game possible. So he's apparently iffy. So hopefully he's good enough to go. You never know. This could be, and I know it's really early. You're not going to say it. <laughs> no, I'm not. Carry on. Next. <laughs> are we, are we looking at a Stanley cup final? Maybe potentially. I see. I thought that was Colorado. I thought that was Colorado and Boston, but 
Boston really didn't have that tough of a time with them. Not really. No, Colorado's not getting back to the okay. cup final. No, I will say, I, yeah, I, I go Boston, Vegas before Colorado. I'm going to write Boston. that down. We have our running no, list. No, don't of- write it down. No, please. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> oh my. Making I'm, a note. Oh, you know what? I, I should realize this by now. Just don't say anything predictive. I love the, I love, I love the predictions. Then looking ahead no, till Tuesday. Yes. So we've got two players who are both on hot streaks. Legitimately, they're literally on point streaks right now. Oh, yeah. Mitch Marner in, and the Toronto Maple Leafs are visiting the Dallas Stars, where, of course, Jason Robertson has his own his own point streak going. So we'll see. I'd want, I really want both of them to score in this one. Me I want too. it to be an entertaining yeah, hockey game because I love keeping this alive. It just, it keeps us invested. Yeah. I mean, the hockey is going to be great no matter what. These are two good teams who are playing really well right now. So it's going to be entertaining no matter what, but it just brings that extra element of drama and just looking at their faces light up, especially Mitch Marner. Oh, they're kids. They're kids. I mean, they're having they're, fun. Yeah, they're, 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 they're still kids. And at the end of the day, that's what sports is. And that's what hockey should be. Hockey should be fun. Glad you mentioned about the two teams too, because the storyline, certainly a lot of eyes will be on Mitch and Jason. Uh, also Nick, his brother playing too. So maybe that oh, he's got to play. He has to play. Oh, I, I think oh so. Oh my goodness. Okay. Oh, well, he's played the last two games. And I understand. He scored, well, good. He scored against Dallas the last keep time they met him. up. Sheldon, keep playing. Keep playing. Oh, he's going to play in this one for sure. Absolutely. Right. I will eat my hat as the old saying goes, if he does not. That's, that's an old saying. I'll eat I don't my think hat. I've ever heard that. Yeah. Really? Are you no. being, are you, you're being I, legitimate? Yeah, I'm being legit. I'll, I'll eat my hat if this doesn't happen. Well, I don't think I've ever heard that. <laughs> it's for real. I'm not making it up. <laughs> Any hats here? Okay, we'll see. And Dal- uh, Dallas is quietly top of the right. central. And that's what I was going to get at. They're playing well. Um, and e- we talked about the overtime losses, the extra time losses by Toronto. I believe Dallas in the last 10, I think they have only one regulation loss in the last 10. They've lost four an extra time. So even take two or three of those, they could be eight, one, and one, something like that. So yeah, this team's playing well. They're playing very well. Uh, Wednesday. Oh, Jacob Markstrom. Loving that. Okay. If you're not happy, that's fine. I suck at everything. I suck at hockey. I'm not playing well. I want to give get, him a hug. So do I. <laughs> He's going to, he has to come around. It's going to be fine. He has to come around. I okay, think the so, Flames, we've already been through this. The Flames right. are going to be fine. Jacob Markstrom is going to be fine. And here's a good opportunity. They're hosting the Wild on Wednesday night. Hopefully, I don't know if he's going to get the start or not, but if he does, because they, they've been turning to Vladar a little bit more often now too, with, the, with the struggles going on in Calgary net, in Calgary's net right now. So that's going to be an interesting one. I want to see him turn it around quickly. I think the league is more fun when Calgary is playing well, and they're not really right now, but they're certainly not out of it. They can nope. turn this ship around like that, and we'll see, we'll see how they look against the traveling wild. Eight, win, eight wins in 17 games for Markstrom. That's not going to cut it. Save percentage below nine. But that's not who he is, though. Right. So He's so much better than so that. So to your point, then, that we talked about a couple times, Edmonton and Calgary, they will turn it around. And you think Calgary more so will do, you know, maybe close or earlier than, than, say, Edmonton will. But I'm with you. All I, the pieces are in it, place it, in Calgary. The fact that they're struggling a little bit doesn't make sense. And that's no. why I don't think it's going to last. Yeah. There's not really any weaknesses on that team. They're no, not getting not. secondary scoring. They no. will. Their their core of defensemen is one of There's the strongest in the league. Far more weaknesses on Edmonton. Far more than I think in Calgary. Anyway, Thursday, Nashville, Tampa. Oh, I just think nobody's paying attention to the Predators and they're quietly winning. Remember right. the beginning of the season? So they went to Finland, they won the two games, yep. Yep. and then they came back and they absolutely stunk the joint yeah, out. They had, they had the European hangover. 
but it really lasted. Oh, and we did. were when we were all very surprised. We're like, this team is going to be better with Ryan McDonough on the blue line. They have one of the best goaltenders in the league in UC Saros. They now have the scoring power up, up front with some improvements they wait, made in the offseason. What is happening? Well, it's happening now. Yeah. So they've gotten the gang's gotten together. They're they're playing inspired hockey. They're very quietly because I just find that they're not receiving much attention at all. No, they're not. They're just quietly winning hockey games. And you know what? I don't think they mind that at all. No, they're climbing up too. They won three in a row going into Monday. The Blues have dropped three. Arizona dropped four. Chicago, we're not going to talk about, but they're climbing into Colorado territory. One point back. That that division is so hard. It oh is my so goodness. tough compared to the Pacific. Yeah, it is so tough. Five teams within seven points. I know. Again, it's December. That's fine, but. But they're all good quality teams too. Exactly. If you look and you so, go Dallas, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Colorado, Nashville, what do they have in common? They all have excellent goaltending. Right. They all have very solid cores of, uh, of defense. They Two. all have players who can score. Three. What else do you need, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think I'm looking that, forward to that one. I think that division will be hopefully like this for the entire season. It's going to be, it's going to make for a pretty good ride for the next number of months. Um, Friday, the Islanders and the Devils, just because New Jersey is New Jersey and we mentioned two off the top of the show about the Devils and the Bruins, et cetera, who's better, all that type of stuff. New Jersey, 11 and one away from home, nine, three and one at home are the Devils, 41 points in 25 games. It's ridiculous what this team is doing. And there's no reason to think that they're going to turn it down by, but this to me also, this is a big test for the Isles. It's not like this team's playing poorly. But whenever you get a chance to play on the road against one of the best teams right now in the league, I think this one for me is more New York's game of importance than it is for the Devils. If they can find a way to get two points and look very good against New Jersey, that's going to go a long way, I think, with this confidence. Absolutely. And, I mean, you have to start Sorokin in this one, do you not? You, you bring yeah, you out do. your big No, you guns. have to. You have to. All right. Yeah, you have to. But and he is, he is coaches. one of the best. He's top five, top three yeah, netminders yeah. in, in the league. So it's going to be a little tougher. It's going to be a tougher test for Jersey. But they still, every time I think that they're going to flounder, they just don't. They're not going to. I'm telling you. I stamped it. I'm telling you. Make sure you mark this down in your your yes, booklet in, my of, right in your book of things. Yep. Yeah, um, we had the two homecomings. One was good. One was bad this past week. What about Kadri? How's the homecoming going to be? Does Nazem Kadri score against Toronto in right. Toronto with his visiting Flames? Yeah. So yes. I, right. So I guess I the homecoming not Colorado but Toronto. But this is the first time that he's done this yes. with the Flames. Yes. So, I mean, I he's, think a, so too. he's a local boy. I yeah. know it's London, Ontario. That's li literally sneezing distance from where we are. So, uh, I think the family's going to be up. I think the whole Kadri fa uh, family is going to be out to watch this one. A bunch of friends. And uh, he he he's one of those players in the league that I think draws real tangible inspiration from scenes like this. Sure. I think he rises to the... We saw that in the postseason last year when... You poke him. Yes. He's better. Yeah. And you know, it's going to matter. This is not, they're going to say this is just another game. That's horse manure. Of course it isn't. He is going to score. I would, I, I'm going to say he's going to, this is going to be a line a homecoming. This is not going to be a Kachuk homecoming. Remember the trade Kadri, Tyson Berry, Toronto and Colorado. And Joe Sackick said, we wanted the second line center. We did not think it was going to work long-term with Tyson Berry. That was the trade. That was when Kadri left. And he was, that, that was tough for him. Local kid. Uh, played oh, London. I don't think he ever wanted to leave. No, never, never. So but he's since hoisted a cup. Oh my goodness. Good deal. Yeah. yeah, good on him. 
Remember what he said at the end of the uh, for yes, all I those do. people that yeah, yeah. he all said right. some swears. He did. <laughs> Fantasy seven goaltending is your focus. Yeah, so I actually posted a, a column on goaltending um, just in the last couple of days. If your fantasy team stinks between the pipes and you want to make an improvement, here there are a group of players that are not overwhelmingly rostered. Right, like I could tell you to pick right. up Sorokin, but he's not available. Sure, these guys are for some reason. Vanacek with New Jersey is available in a third of ESPN.com leagues. What is wrong I with people? I have no idea why. What is that? Is that's <laughs> now, wrong? This is never the case in any of my leagues because I <laughs> would love to not. pick them up. But there's some people who are sleeping on this guy. Yeah. And maybe they're expecting the bubble to burst in Jersey like we are not. Perhaps they think that he's going to fall off a cliff. I don't know why. I don't understand why. He's playing well. Also, you got to remember, okay, Jersey hasn't been successful for, for long. Like, this is right. why this is unanticipated. Right. But he hasn't been along for the losing for ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wins games, yeah. right? And so why would you also pick him up? Because he's playing behind a good team. All of it. I'm, like I it said, all makes I don't sense. care how I get my fantasy success. Yeah. Whether it's a mediocre player playing for a great team or whether it's an excellent player playing for a mediocre team, the numbers flush out yep. and I'm winning my weeks in fantasy. That's all I care about. Yep. Samsonov is healthy again. He's in Toronto. He's going to steal starts from Matt Murray. I think fantasy managers who have Matt Murray are going to be annoyed about this, but if not, Samsonov is going to win some games. He looks excellent. He has the head for the Toronto market. Yes. This guy is chill. Yes. Agreed. And there's something to be said. And if you're going to ask me who is going to stumble as the season wears on, I would bet it would be Matt Murray over Samsonov only because of what's going on between the ears. Interesting too, that Toronto for health reasons, if they're good uh, right now, they seem to be fine in goal because the two of them went out. Now they're playing well, but I'm with you with the whole spell. And I remember Samsonov, the last game he played when he came back, one of his answers was, I have no pain. That was it. It was just, how are you feeling? I have no pain. I'm good. <laughs> that was a surprise that he, that he started yeah, that game. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yep, carry on. But he's, he's super chill. Same yeah. thing coming back from injury, Jeremy Swayman. He's yep. going to steal starts. We talked about this a little bit earlier in Boston. He's looking good. And his coach said the other day, this is the best that he's looked all year. So that's those are heavy words. And it's definitely something to pay attention to. Montembeau in uh, Montreal looks better. Interesting choice. Than Jake Allen. Mm-hmm. He's overwhelmingly available okay. and he is a little bit of a risk. I think the Canadians are a better team than they have been so far. I think they're going to get better and I think he's a good goaltender and I think he's going to play more and more all the time. He's a risk. Like you're not going to give up. Is, if you're a fantasy manager, you're not going to give up a good goaltender for him. Okay. No, no. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. if you have injuries, if you yeah. have problems, this is something he's a roll of the dice asset that could pan out. Is he somebody that you can see if he gets more, we talked about reps already, if he get gets more reps, do you think that the numbers will will yes, come? Yes, I okay. do. Okay, and he seems confident. Cam Talbot is healthy again in Ottawa. He looks great. That's a fun team. We talked about that already. They're not going to win every single game, guys. Like no, they're no. not, but they're going to win some. And he looks good. And his numbers. First of all, he's going to face a bunch of shots. That's something you do want. You don't want it in real life, but you do want it in fantasy. So he's. he's I think his personal numbers are going <laughs> to be always. It's a strange thing. Sometimes wrap your head around. I want my goal. How many shots? To be super busy. Yeah. He had eighty-five this night, and it was good for what? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. And uh, as streaming and daily fantasy options, so if you play daily fantasy or you just want a streamer here and there, I like Lankanen a lot 
in Nashville. He's not going to play all the time. They have UC Saros, but he looks right. good when he does play. And the same with Philip Gustafson in Minnesota. Again, Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be the number one guy there for more often than not when he isn't hurt. But those are players who are playing well when they're being offered the opportunity with teams that are good. And that's who you want to hit your cart to if you're looking for a streaming option or a daily fantasy option. You're the best at it. Goaltending the focus on Vic's you, fantasy Ryan. in seven section. I'm not going to say you're bad because you're sitting across from me. I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, you're amazing at this. You've done it for so long. And yeah, ESPN.com. I enjoy it. Vic and, yeah, and I can tell. I can tell. Um, we're out of time. And that was a pretty intense, uh, intense hour and change, whatever it was. We'll be back next week. And the good thing, too, about the month of December, we're just keep going. Every every Monday, we're doing this thing, too, because the Christmas break doesn't fall on the Monday. Well, it does. You know what I mean. The actual days don't. So no, we're, we're going to work on Boxing Day. Yeah, for sure. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The clink hammer on Boxing Day. Get it? Bring down the clink hammer. It's going to be intense. Boxing. Right. Okay. Some, no, it yeah. took me a second. Now you got it. Mm-hmm. We're good. <laughs> I don't know if it's an award winner, but no, it's not. It's okay. No, 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 no. That's why after I said it, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put that back in my pocket. Anyway, this has been Pucks and Seven. Follow us on Twitter at Ryan Payton 75 at Victoria Matty Ash. We're available too wherever you get your podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, Google, Apple. Also on the Sirius XM app, Pandora, Stitcher. Have a great week and we'll talk to you next time. This has been Pucks and Seven. Available on the Sirius XM app and wherever you get your podcasts.